They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Hello, listener. How is everyone? It seems to be every time we start these, we're kind of in a bit of a downer because we've had a massive moan <laughs> for like half yeah. an hour before about about the fucking technology that we use to record these things. <laughs> oh my god, Zencaster, how how do you exist as a company? Wow. Wow. We say that about anyway. every every podcast every like podcast software we use. Dedicated podcast software that just doesn't seem to do things. If if there's anyone else who's doing podcasts out there who ha- who ha- has two hosts who um speak to each other remotely and invite guests, what are you using? It what is this is it is it just Zoom? Is there some hidden piece of software that that we don't know about? Because I, I just, it would solve so many problems. We've we've tried so hard to like go between these different options. Um, we need your help, do badders, listeners. You're our only hope. Yeah, yeah, we need you. Um, and in, in fact, Zencaster was um, was Steve. Steve had, had recommended it because his son used it, but I think probably used it in a slightly less complex way. So, um, thank you for the recommendation, but you have caused our life misery. <laughs> Well, the thing is, through, you say through no intention, com- through no intention, com- complex, complex in the sense that we need more than one person presenting, which you think wouldn't, wouldn't be particularly complex in any other situation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But um, I've got I'm looking through what updates we've got. We've got loads of things to talk about. We have got loads, actually. We have loads. got we have got uh, there's there's uh, I, I, I am enthusiastic, enthusiastic to talk about um, the athletics. Which you know doesn't nor- that doesn't come naturally to me. Aha. Um, uh-huh. um, but well, yeah, so the talk, um, the um, talk away. What, which so which European, elements Europe- of it? Well, so European Championships and also um, the Aquatics. See, they seem to like run concurrently. So um, we were over over in the Isle of Wight for a few days um, with my parents, and of course, my dad literally that's all he does is watch sport. He can't, you know, he's, he's, nothing's happening and if he's watching sport on TV. And because he's got it on TV all the time, the kids start watching it as well. I've got to say that it, it kind of, the whole thing kind of captured their captured their imagination. Um, we talked about this before when, when uh, yeah. yeah, they were kind yeah, of, yeah. they've been watching um, things like the Olympics and stuff like that, especially, especially athletics. It seems to have, there's, there's a certain element to it, isn't there? That, because it's quite, you know, it's simple, it's clear. It's you, quick. You know, yeah. And um and and they absolutely loved it and of course you know we we we've, we've done incredibly well there were some you know really good stories from um uh, uh from the European Championships and from and from the Aquatics but the thing the thing I thought was really interesting was we were having a discussion about this um in a previous episode about why people why people aren't as enthusiastic about it why is there so I mean like the the thing that really struck me about it when I was watching it, is how few people were actually watching it in that state in those stadiums. How few people mm. were at that? Like they've obviously, you know, they've planned for 
all of those, uh, all those, yeah, that capacity and everything like that. And the numbers there, it was empty, empty, like in the middle of summer. Yeah. Which, you know, when you think that we've we've interviewed George Russell, uh, sorry, George Mills about yeah. the way the fact there are these European tours that he goes on for for, for competitions we've not necessarily heard of, where there are crowds who pay to go. It, it, to me, that suggested there would be crowds. Yeah, yeah, but it's just it. But it, do you it think was, it's, it, it, you're like what just is burnt what, out though? Is it? Is I don't it, know. Have there been too much sport, too many fixtures, fixtures, too much going on? But isn't this the? Isn't this always an issue with athletics? Isn't it? Doesn't it always have? I mean, the, the the thing is, you'd expect at least you know it's in Munich. Um, the yeah, so the European Championship in Munich, the um, aquatics um, were in Rome. Um, but you just, you look, you know, for the finals and things like that. And it was just empty, like both of those empty, you know, not, you mm. know, there certainly hasn't been loads of swimming and loads of, um, diving events and, and anything like, anything like that. Um, you know, you expect at least, you know, big numbers from, from home crowds. Um, yeah. And I think and I, I just, wonder it, if the it, Europeans had been in the UK, whether they... Because Brits do love to watch any old shit. And um, we, there's nothing that we love as much as watching sport. Uh, certainly not doing sport as much. Um, but <laughs> but I wonder if the Euros had come, would that have would that have sold out? I mean, the Commonwealth Games seem to have really good numbers. Um, in my head, I still haven't got an idea of in the which is higher in an, in an again and again it depends on the sport but is is winning the euros better than winning the commonwealth games um probably if you go to america it is because no one knows what the commonwealth games are but in mm. terms of participants the numbers for the number of people in the commonwealth is massive but then the number of um i guess funded countries for sports is far higher in europe so yeah, would do you think it would have been different? Say it'd been there'd been the Euros in the UK. I don't know. I don't. I, I like I said. This is this is all kind of relatively new to me. Actually, paying attention to this since we since we've been mm. having these discussions as to why um, why these why these things are happening. But I I don't know. Didn't didn't Bruno say something a while back about how difficult it was to actually get tickets to to things like it wasn't you know it's not it's just not an mm. easy process um or it's or they don't advertise it or it's not clear or there's you know there's there's something and again it, it, it's so difficult isn't it because the the individual territories are responsible for, for for the way things are sold they do things in different ways um but it's just it's really difficult to believe i mean it, it wasn't like there were patches in the crowd of emptiness like you you were struggling to see people at those things, you know, in any kind of large numbers. And it's not like, you know, oh, yeah, in some of the heats and things like that. It was it was empty. It was like the, what I saw on TV in the highlights were empty and they were highlights. So you think, you know, they were probably the best bits. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe that wasn't the reality, but it just came across as that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's what yeah. I really judge it on. Um, but you know, if if someone was there, if you yeah, you know, if that is if that was a, a false impression, because 
if if there were loads of people there, or you know, the, the different stands were you know viewed in certain ways, or some stands were empty but other ones were full and stuff like that, that's great. But it, it doesn't give a great overall perception of the popularity of it um, as well. And you always maybe want it, to feel but, like, but the, then maybe the, it, the, maybe it does. Maybe maybe it genuinely does. Eh? That's the trouble. Is the 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 reality is we watch big events but do we watch other do we watch other athletics in general people will will tune in for the olympics tune in for the world championships to a degree but that's more they're tuning in for the event rather than the sport and so maybe it is just a, a reflection i've never been to see live athletics ever that isn't either heathside running club or kind of um the night of the ten thousand, so kind of local based London ones, yeah. Or isn't um, I think the only other athletics I've ever seen in my whole life has been the Paralympics. So, so why, why? So that's the question, isn't it? Because you, you know, you it would seem like you know this yeah. it would kind of appeal to to you more more than anyone. Why, why is it is it convenience? Is it just there's no real desire for it? Do you know it's going to be on TV? Is it you know there's not enough know. investment I... in it? I don't know. I, the, I'm, I'm not that excited. But well, almost the trouble is, do I go, do I care about going to see a British sprinter run ten point two in the hundred meters? No. Do I care about seeing the the some really good five thousand meter runners run thirteen thirty? Not really. You know, because because we've seen the very best. There isn't, you, we don't know the individuals in any way. Whereas with other sports, at least there's a, a simpler narrative of this team against that team. And the goals will be good. The, there's, there's the element, whereas someone winning a race isn't, it can be exciting, but I, you, you, the, the, the step for me knowing anything about the individuals and there's eight people running is, is quite a, a, a leap. Or throwing events, no, no interest at all. So even if it was possible to do it, which I I don't know when I'd get tickets, where it would be, how much it'd be for, um, it just doesn't seem exciting. I'd like to just hear other people that are into athletics and stuff like that. What is it? Just is the act of going and watching athletics just boring? Is that is is that it? Is that because why why is it that? Like you say, watching you know five thousand meters or watching um, you know a, 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 you know ten k on the track or whatever. Why is that not as interesting as going and watching, say, a marathon, where you know you're stood somewhere and you're literally watching some people pass by you, and you might see some you know mm. famous runners come, elite runners and stuff come by that, and then that's kind of it. Whereas if you're on a, you know, if you're watching it on the track, you can see the whole race. It's you know, a, kind of a different experience. Why is why is one more interesting a marathon, and it does tend to attract big big crowds than mm. other one. I don't. I, I I genuinely genuinely want to find out from people who have either been to those things or or do go to those things or have never gone to those things. Uh, as, to, as to what thing I think it might be quite interesting one to ask ask the do badders why 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 isn't athletics just well 
well attended or is it well attended it's just it's not it's not perceived that way because the thing is what because there's a lot of i mean the great thing is that there's a lot of um uh, personalities and a lot of names now coming into it we start you know with we're, we're starting mm. to really kind of up our game and in, in terms of um uh, track athletes and you know there's loads of there's, there's loads of new people coming through lots of really you know and, and lots of people inspiring yeah we've, we've we talked didn't we before about how we kind of you know in the 90s we had like a few like big track athletes that you know we keep kind of going back to and now we've got people coming through you know that that are really performing and and are going to grow and and hopefully going to you know inspire another generation because the other thing was that came off that is that Frida said that she wanted to to try going on a running track um and then we got into a whole discussion about how there's not a running track near us because you know no one ever uses running tracks and um we, but we can go to Brighton and use the running track there. And she's like, oh, but will it be busy? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Like, no, we'll be able to go there any time and there will be no one on it, no matter what time we go. We'll be absolutely fine. And she's like asking, well, why? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that question. It's, you know, it, <laughs> why Why aren't there more people like using those things as well? Which is just, it, it's really interesting that all of that came about after we had this discussion about a- athletics and everything. So, yeah. So yeah, it's um, I, I it's, you it's maybe need to convince that park run. Maybe you need to convince park run's the equivalent of her track because actually that's something she could access and could get into kind of a junior park run. Yeah, yeah, but what? Yeah, but like why? Yeah, it's just the whole so thing confuses kind of linking me. Why, into why, that. why it's not more popular? So kind of linking into that, so I've been uh, I've been away for a couple of Golden Trail races, which I don't think we've talked about on the potty yet. And one of them, so the first one was Norway, um, yep. Strand of Fjords, unbelievably technical, maybe talk about that afterwards. But linking into that to do with popularity, so Sierra's an hour, which is the biggest trail race on earth, um, 6,000 races, runners, incredible. And this year... Um, it was won by two Kenyan runners, which oh, okay. there's there's always been, not always, but for, for years, for, for the last last 10 years, 20 years, there's always been the narrative of there's some super fast new Kenyan runners who are going to come and try trail, going to come and win trail. And they'll always be very fast on the up, on, across the top, and um, either won't last the distance because they've paced it wrong or just the technical running, they struggle. But this year with Maud injured and Killian potentially with COVID um, caught from his wife, they both won. And it was, it was amazing in, in many ways to see because um, for one, Esther, who won the females, she raised the money to go there by, um, selling 1,500 bracelets that she her, her village had made to pay for the flights for her to go there. It was her first ever trail race. And she, there were fair, at the, basically Sierra's and hours straight up along the top is hills up and down, but all very fast compared for a trail runner. And then straight down at the end, super steep. So she just smashed it out across the top and then fell and held on for dear life. Similar with Mark Congogo, who came, uh, who won the, mel- the men's. And so in the narrative of 
the Kenyans haven't really done well here, or even East Africans haven't done that well, other than maybe Patrick Mamu and Lucia Maguri, I think. So there was it was good to see and, and wonderful to see, and, and obviously for them really significant, although actually within that, their knowledge of the sport, their, I think, knowledge, well, awareness of how important the race is in the racing calendar and in terms of history and all that. Um, one of the, one of the main, the, the main male runner, for example, when uh, the, the, the favourite, I'd say, who has been smashing course records in trail all year, um, when I asked him what his strategy was, if he was going to run his own race or he, if it was based on Killian, he genuinely said, who is Killian? So had no idea, which is crazy when you think they've got a coach, they've got a manager, and Killian is the nine times winner, course record holder, strong favourite, to not have been at least told, by the way, this person's going to be up there. This is what how you respond. Seemed madness. But linking in with what you're saying to popularity, I've spoken to a few people and there is a worry that this could kill trail running as a sport. Because why? It well, because if from now on, Sierras are now, Zagama, all of the big trail races are just dominated by Kenyan runners, then actually, if we're honest, people won't follow it. People won't care. If UTMB was just won by new Kenyan runners every year, and there were every year 10 different Kenyan runners who were showing up, and you never knew who was going to do what, you didn't know their, their, their family, their story backgrounds, but their backgrounds tended to be they've come from a small village where they've lived a fairly simple life. Most of their community are farmers and they've run for a number of years. They're really good and now they're here. That that was the backstory to nearly all of them. Are people going to be watching UTMB? Sierras are now saying, who's going to win? And they won't be. And so actually, it's a, a genuine concern that because I now support... Um, Dulwich Hamlets football team. Why? Because it's over there. It's close to me. I get excited about England football. Why? Because that's close to me. That's coming. That's my community. Um, we support do-badders. Why? Because they're part of our community. And it's it's just nature of humans that you support people that are similar to you. And so yeah. at the moment, the Golden Trail, UTMB, trail running, it's going through this growth and that is built on, and we've talked about the rise of the running clubs, the the running teams with um, the sub-brands of your arms and your adidases. And that's about injecting personality and creating those connections between the audience and the individuals running so that you can get behind someone and you start to care. But I just don't think Western audiences can properly care in the same way about people who live such different lives and actually where there is there are so many different east african runners who can come through and they're changing every year and so while it's wonderful to see is could could this kill the sport and 
is that I've kind of linked that in with, would you go and watch a localized athletics competition? If you didn't know anyone in it, probably not. I, I think that's probably why as well. Um, and so the, yeah. so the, 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 so the, the thought there isn't, isn't around, is more around the marketing of it, that it's much easier, but essentially, you know, things like all the sponsorship and stuff, it's targeted to, western audiences because that's where the market is for 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 all of the the sponsorship that's you know that's who they're aiming it at and so a lot of that is dependent on western audiences being interested and your argument is that if all of a sudden uh of you know british runners german runners spanish runners um are suddenly nowhere near the top because this influx of African, um, East African mm. um, runners who are incredible, uh, it will just, it will kill the interest in it because they'll, that's the, that's yeah. the thinking behind it. It's just. Um, I, and then if yeah, Sierra Zanadeli has 4,000 signups in the future, if UTMB doesn't have as many signups because people. Yeah, that's a good, it is a good, it is a good point. It's a good point. Like, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's obviously brilliant in terms of, um, you know, it, expanding um the reach of 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 uh, and the inclusivity hmm. but from a pure sponsorship you're right people don't people can get enthusiastic about it but then that that's also down to how well people build their their brand the athletics brand as well and you know um if those if those runners that are coming through are you know building their brand telling their story doing all that i think it's it is easy to 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 latch onto that and feel enthusiastic about it even if even if they're not mm. you know uh, uh from your country or they are from a different background and stuff like that but you do you the important thing here is you are absolutely right you buy into the story you buy into the mm. person you buy into that if if it's not someone who you know i think the first thing you go to is are they are they British English? Are they you know you want is there some skin yeah. in the game from a national perspective? And then beyond that, are they great? Um, and it doesn't you know it doesn't matter where they're from, but you know are they someone that I admire? Are they someone that I relate are to? Someone I can connect with, yeah, yeah, someone like connect Andre with Exeter. stuff like that, yeah, yeah. Andre coming it. in with his his bright hair, his like his wild swings, and was like, wow, this person's so fun and colourful and like. I I I want to watch this person. Um, yeah, and and that that's a like a genuine worry where Inga Britson the the Inga Britsons have have almost resuscitated middle distance running because they are European and you know they're good looking, they're young. All these things really help with marketing. And so, so we're saying that basically. Europeans are so massively racist that if, if 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 white people aren't winning stuff, we're not interested. Well, it doesn't That's, even aren't we fuck? Aren't we pretty much? Aren't we pretty much fucked in sport going forward? Because like Africa has always been the 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 most like underinvested, under you know uh, unfulfilled potential in any it, of all sport and of course you know yeah. it's rising and you know it's gonna it, eventually it's gonna completely dominate although it's everything. not even it's you know we it they don't and it is not it's not necessarily racism as much as um nationalism because 
Mo Farah has, has done loads for running in the UK. You know, people are excited by that. And Linford Christie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, but it's what happens if, 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 for example, England are thrashed at cricket all the time, less people watch cricket. It's that simple. Same with football, you know, to, to, to more, more people tune in to the finals or they tune in when they think England stand a chance. Oh, yeah. No one and, would watch. No one would. Yeah. I mean, as much as people say, no one would have watched the Women's World Cup, uh, Women's Euros, um, if England were shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. That, you know, as much as people say that if they were if they were shit and they'd gone out of the group stage, no one would be would be in any way interested. It's true. Yeah. Like success. Um, I, 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 yeah. don't, I think the England football team is a bad example in that case because no matter how shit it is, people still absolutely, you know, because they, there's such false hope associated with it. But I do agree, like every but other that, sport, you know, it's just if, that, if you're succeeding, then... You, but even you, with the England football team, Wembley hasn't been... Ha- there was a period before when I think Southgate first took over or just before when Wembley wasn't selling out. Yeah, because and it's fucking were... expensive. That's why it's like. A, but, a, a... but still, it would sell out afterwards. It's just there is they've put the price up because people would pay it, and then suddenly England weren't doing well, and people wouldn't. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's it's a weird thing where you're. It's a weird element now where. Well, that's why isn't wait, isn't the exact thing you talk about why we created the Commonwealth Games so we could always make sure. That yeah, you know, we're 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 winning shit. <laughs> like that's the yeah. <laughs> that's, we we call it something else. We go okay. How do we how do we get our you know us really well funded side play, playing against some really shit countries? What is the what is what is the way to pull those things together? That's that's how you do it. I'm only joke. I'm only joking about the the Commonwealth Games. I keep being really negative about the Commonwealth Games. Um, and I don't I don't mean to be. They were really lovely. <laughs> I didn't watch any of them. Wasn't interested. Um, because I think they're a joke, but I'm I I I'm a, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to be mean about the uh, Commonwealth Games anymore. Yeah. So, uh, but and that's where it's it feels like trail running is at this this move towards professionalism. <laughs> um, obviously, I do. Oh, I do. There, there, there is something <laughs> fundamentally Western about. Tra- I mean, I keep going on about it. There's something West, very Westernized about trail running and the idea of trail running as well it's very it's just it, it is you have to live fun. in a city to to feel to, to be, feel yeah the appeal exactly. of being in the yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it all yeah it, you have to have that that contrast in order to do it it does <laughs> i love the idea that, that someone's getting annoyed that people who naturally run on trails uh, because they don't have uh roads necessarily are are going to dominate a sport of trail running and <laughs> I just I love the idea that people are getting annoyed at that but I yeah but I totally I get it it's the it's all about the marketing the success of anything is all going to be around the marketing and I think you're absolutely right in terms of all of the um uh all of the success of athletics um all the new um uh people coming through and everything like that is all going to be completely dependent on how well they market it. and that's what that's the other thing I thought about um the uh, European Championships is just how much personality and difference was shown um, from some of the runners. Um, and the other thing I thought was brilliant was how much um, uh, the female athletes talked about periods 
kept going on about periods. Like I've never heard periods mentioned as much as that on on a uh, when they're in interviews and things like that. Obviously, you know, Dina Asher Smith talking about it, um, all the yeah. others talking about it and about the effects it's having, and saying, you know, if if this was a male problem, this would be sorted out by now. There'd be more funding, there'd be more research and things like that. So it's like it's really you know, and, and the fact that they you know they, they have the confidence to do that and the conversation is open up. Um, but also you know like the, the there's such a massive variety of um uh, of new talent coming through as well uh and it's just i i i i i found i found it much more captivating than i have done for a while per, you know firstly because i was watching it but also it there's just there's, it just seems to be a much a, a much broader range of people all with their own stories mm. and i think yeah you're absolutely right it, it it's it's like almost like athletics is a lot to work with. It has a lot to work with, and they 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 absolutely mm. need to take this opportunity and do something with it to get people into athletics and get people watching athletics and get people doing athletics. Um, because, like we said about you know funding uh, at schools and everything else, like you know that it's you know it's it, it's it's weak. And so you know if like my daughter's talking about wanting to go to an athletics track like that's fucking great like that is what yeah that's what we want people to think we want you know people um you know it's like all the divers we're great at diving and that's you know down to tom daly tom daly you know Mm. seeing him doing Mm. that has brought through this this swathe of incredible divers who are you know doing amazing things um and so, you know, it's just again, it's just around inspiration and you know, setting a setting a legacy. Um, and I think we're absolutely shit at doing that generally. Um, well, the the athletics organisations are shit at they, they throw away legacies all the time. Um, but that's yeah. That's yeah, but I mean, to be fair to them, I just don't know how how easy it is to connect into a legacy when it will partly come down to funding, partly come down to pressures, and then say, for example you found a track and you wanted to take you know your daughter and then you're like well actually i've got to go on a different day because the new safe oh. health and safety requirements mean that so actually <laughs> it's just the, it's it's very it is hard to create legacy when you don't have facilities you don't necessarily have funding and how do you bring it all together where you've got enough coaches trained in the right areas with yeah and the swimming thing set up the the, you know the diving thing highlighted the swimming thing like i think they had a uh, there was a a thing in the um one of the um one of the newspapers about how many public pools there are now and it was like it's it's insane like some counties have like one public pool are you like what how are like like what's going on like we're you know we're, we're good at swimming we you know it's yeah, and I know mm. that COVID and, and other things have like um, done it, but you know, this is I think COVID has left a legacy of a bunch of children who who don't know how to swim. Like it's not just a, a sport mm. thing; it's a safety mm. thing as well. There's a whole legacy of that, and now you know they're closing pools and this. Yeah, it, it's so it's so strange how all of this kind of is getting forgotten about, and it's getting um, uh, it's getting lost. It's really it's like it's really sad to see. Um, and you've yeah. just feel it's being wasted. Um, so what's the answer, do badders? Let us know. Let us know in the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, one other thing from Sierra's now I thought was quite funny was um, so Killian, Killian just couldn't push. She said, and he was 
he he normally you know second half downhills just flies along and he was picking people off but he only got to to fourth but then as he came down through the massive finish he started high-fiving people Petro Mamu uh did a sprint finish and Killian lost by about half a foot on the line because he was high-fiving people did he yeah 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 so he fourth and fifth place which um Probably for Killian doesn't mean that much, although he's a competitive animal. But for Petru, you know, he's he's in this as a career. I'm sure the the money he wins is a consideration, and and he's a born competitor. So um, I, I did have a little chuckle towards that. What's the money? What is the, what's the money like for 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 placing? Like, I have no no idea. It's not massive, um, but you you'd be talking a few hundred euros difference between. That, uh, fourth and fifth, I'd imagine. So, but like, the type of thing, not life changing, or but you'd be like, yeah, sure, I'm going to sprint to to get that little bit extra. But we're we talking like ten thousand, twenty thousand. Like, what is the like? No, so the the prize money would be, and they've changed it this this year. So, um, it's I think it's a hundred thousand across all the races, across uh, also all the wins. But and this is in Swiss francs. So I've got that. I think it's something like four thousand for the winner, three thousand for the next one, two thousand really? kind of comes down. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So That's it's not really it's not low, isn't it? It's not masses. Yeah, especially when you think about accommodation costs, train flights, things like that. Um, you know, the winner, the, the winner's flown from Kenya for this race. Um, so there'll be a lot of people who would have lost money. And if you've got a team, it's because there, there's now a few running teams um, similar to run through and fast running, where if you're bringing three or four male and female Kenyans to race, then only one of them is going to get the, the win. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably going to get two runners that, that don't even finish because they've just gone all out and they could have been one of the favourites. And so it the the finances of, of these these things I don't think are that great for the teams because I don't, I can't see Esther suddenly getting a, a really prized sponsorship deal. Yeah, so um, won't that are. won't won't that then be a barrier to, to more say Kenyan teams doing that because the you know the the, the numbers are the, the prize money is so low that it's just not going to be worth it compared with the prize money for for marathon you know for for marathons for you know big city races yeah. and things like that and, and this is why there's this is why there's almost middle distance as fewer fewer runners because everyone goes straight up to marathon because the money's there but the to, to a certain extent but then there's actually something called the the world the World Cup, um, which is the the the, mar- the mountain marathon World Cup, which is a, a series in Switzerland that they're all racing and win little prizes along the way, and cr- crazily, given this is Sierras and Al and how epic it is, actually most runners have raced the week before. Most of the Kenyan runners had right. They they'd done another trail race a week out, and you think. There, this seems crazy, but then Killian's coming into it having done Western States and 
a lot of the the other runners like Sara Alonso was out in Norway having run Norway um the golden trail race there so if you're while the, the prize money isn't huge if if you're a, a, a an African runner who's in Europe for the season someone like Petra Mamu he'll do something like the Dolomis run or he'll do a few other you know, Mont Blanc marathon and you're, you're picking up money all the way along. Um, yeah. So over the course of a season, you can win substantial money still relative to what you would have done if you'd stayed at home. Is there, so on the, on the golden trail, there's a few questions I've got about golden trail, which I've never really oh, yeah. asked you, but on yeah. the golden trail, like, are there, are there what makes the what makes the difference between the winners and the losers? Like, is there is there kind of a, a is there a pattern? Is it is it just purely down to individual talent, or are there kind of teams who are really well funded? You know, they uh, they they have the ability to to not have to race all the time because they've got great sponsorship, so they can do the rest and the training. Is there is there anything like that, or is it kind of all all over the place, and you don't really know who's it's more about the form of the runner rather than anything else. Yeah, that's a good question. And actually, I've because part of my job is to predict who's gonna who's gonna do well oh. and talk about it before. And how good are you at that? <laughs> um, I think pretty good now. Last season, not so good. Um, I'd say my strength and my weakness is I will have a view. And I will tell you the view. It's like this is what I think is going to happen, um, but I'm happy to be wrong. Oh, we because... need what what we need to do, David, is we need to do the thing that they do on BBC Sport um, before the football is where you make a prediction about who you think is going to win, and then we get a child to make a prediction who they think is going to win, <laughs> and then we see who is the expert or the child, the one that's more accurate more often. But the, I mean, this season. Um, so Gamma didn't do that well. Um, I mean, said Killian was going to win. No one saw Davide doing well. But then the Mont Blanc all kind of went to predictions. And uh, But actually, a lot of it is down to how much you talk to the athletes because season by season, month by month, with injuries and also with some of the athletes have got full-time jobs. So um, yeah, really great runner called Anaïs from France. She's now a um a doctor in A and E. Fucking doctor. I was gonna say she a vet or a doctor or a shepherd. It's one yeah. they're one of the three, isn't it? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I wouldn't have said shepherd was as But it is like shepherd, like uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean I think Nikki sure, Spinks sure. there. I just I'm trying to include oh, her yeah, in okay. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And but she's now working um shift work, including night night shifts in what would have to be one of the most intensive years you can do as a doctor. Yeah. And so coming into this, she might think, well, she's a great runner, Mont Blanc, but actually she just doesn't have the ability to train right now. Um, but then the courses are so different. Norway, so Strandefjord, Duban, let's go and watch the on YouTube, Strandefjord and Sierras an hour, and you'll see the differences between the two courses. Strandefjord, the, the course decides the winner because it was so muddy and so technical, so many falls, and and even understanding which trainer to choose. So there's a guy called Manuel uh, Murillis, who's he was sky running world champ previously. 
he lives in northern Spain, which is pretty wet, technical, mountainous, muddy at times. And this guy in in Zagama, he was in I think twenty first place at one point and came third. He similarly smashed through the field to come second to John. He's just so fast downhill on technical. It's amazing to see. So fast. Um, same as John, John Album. So fast down, um, really unpredictable terrain. And so actually, if you go to, if you compare the two races, something like Mont Blanc Marathon has got some technicality in it, but it's also got 10K of quite fast running before you get to that big hill. So yeah. suddenly you've got all these really fast runners and that determines how well they're doing at that point. But John was, of the four people that were in the lead by the bottom of the first hill, John was the only person who ended up in the top five because everyone else blew up. So the, it, it, but the distance as well, a half marathon and a marathon is a huge amount different if you're a fairly young runner. But there are specialists. So um, Elise Ponchette from France, um, super cool girl. She's almost got like a, a gnarly surfer attitude to her. And That's what she, you want. That's what you came... expect. That's yeah, what... yeah, it's yeah. Just basic, and, and she but in, in Norway she she just smashed through the women's field and was by far the quickest descender. So you just you just it it it, it is fairly unpredictable, which actually is a sport. You almost want that where you don't yeah. know who's gonna win day to day. Yeah, and, and where there are different conditions, different courses, it's. I just I want that's yeah. what I, was, I was wondering whether whether kind of like um, funding support, uh, big brands behind you, things like that, whether any of those things made a made a marked difference in terms of you know in terms of the people that are placing you know in, at, at the top, whether that kind think, of support yeah. or, or it, it has has an impact. Um, and it will do to the for the old race because because next we're going to Pikes Peak in America, yeah, and that's at altitude, and so you you have a choice. You either go there with no altitude adaptation, and you've got no chance of doing well. But to 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 adapt properly, you even need to be lucky enough to live somewhere at altitude, which is pretty hard in Europe, or a full time athlete, mm. or take three weeks off to to adapt to altitude. And you need three weeks because it takes two weeks to adapt, but you want to adapt slowly so you can still train so you haven't had three, two weeks of non-training. So actually those small things in those races are really, really different. And if you're but coming, someone like Danny Marino comes from the States and she'll turn up at races where she doesn't know the course, she hasn't had time to check it out because she's got a full-time job. So there's all these small differences where because it's in this between semi, it's semi-professional, some runners are, yeah. some runners aren't. It it does make a massive difference. And UTMB, if we look at who's going to do well, is probably more predictable than yeah. than you think when you look at people's backgrounds. But that seems that's. I mean, I, th- I suppose that makes it really interesting, doesn't it? Because there's very few sports where you would have a mix of professional and semi-professional in in that way, competing yeah. in that way. And the fact that it you know that you're you know you're not telling me that the professionals are always the one placing and the semi-professionals are you know always below them that actually it is it is a mix because there are so many there's so many variables and that's exactly what you want from a from a sport 
Yeah, yeah. And if, if you think that a lot of our listeners, well, most of our listeners have probably trained for a marathon while they've had a full-time job and probably been parents. And the number of hours you do to train for a marathon, or someone like Richard McDowell, I mean, how many miles does he run a week? He's probably up to 100 a week. Mm. And, um, you know, Ali, while 300, she's... 300 children. As a yeah, full time job, <laughs> exactly. He's so yeah, virile. He, I don't know. It's like, it always seems to be the way. The more uh, the more you run, the the more virile you are. But the the uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I would I would suggest that's fairly insensitive to say. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 you're not running, so so it, it works, doesn't it? True. It works, doesn't true. it? So so it's you're true. just proving my point. <laughs> But but someone like Rich, he I'm he sorry, man. That's, that's really <laughs> no, 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 it's quite it's quite fun. But um, someone like Rich, for example, he would he trains enough hours that while if he was professional, he could he would do potentially double days more. Mm. He'd maybe have physio and do more core. But actually, he's dedicating enough of his time to be training almost like a full time athlete, as a lot a lot of people that run ultras. Um, but it, it just helps when you then get time to go and see a course to understand to, if you've run the whole course before in advance and it really makes a difference. Um, so, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see the, that's, that's where I think potentially trail running may need to go. If we do see there's domination of non-technical runners, I think the races will just become more and more technical but then they become harder to film and they're almost less accessible for that's what, that's what they people did. to run. That's, that's what they did to, to force you out of OCR, wasn't it? They, <laughs> they, they, they per- purposely made it more technical. Okay, how do we get <laughs> David out obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we kind of tie up, I've got to mention uh, one of our lovely guests, Nikki Kay, has got a book out. Oh, yes. So if you, if you haven't listened to Nikki Kay's um, episode super interesting to do with hormones to do with hitting the menopause and so she's got a 20 percent discount code um honestly she said she can set one up if you want one whoops i'll ask for that for the next one um, <laughs> but it's coming out there's a pre it's a preview in fact there is a 20 percent discount code using the discount code nikki n-i-c-k-y um and it's all to do with discussion of hormones for athletes. So not just men and women, uh, but if you go to Sequoia Books and you'll find it on there, it's Nikki K, K-E-A-Y-E. She's a, a doctor where this is her speciality. So actually, this will be really insightful. Um, and particularly if you're a you know, female who's, who's struggling with hormones and uh, getting to the the stage of in the menopause and she is one of the leading well in my mind she's the person who knows more than anyone else but she might i was going to say the world's leading expert but i have no idea but she's super knowledgeable <laughs> so um yeah sequoia books sequoia is s-e-q-u-o-i-a sequoiabooks.com and if you use the code nikki n-i-c-k-y you get 20 percent off so go and have a read go and have a read um, I'll ask her, actually, I'll get more details in the book for, for later. We've had some feedback from Do Badders. Oh, about what? It's always good. So firstly, you know, we, when we talked about Jake Whiteman and how expected or unexpected his win was, 
Oh, so yeah. one of the duvets has, has uh, forwarded. They they actually had to change the the medal ceremony to bring it forward because Jake's flight home was due to depart before the medal ceremony because he he hadn't actually thought it through and expected to be on the podium. Who really? <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, you know nothing like backing yourself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to know what the price difference was between like that EasyJet flight and the next one, whether it yeah, was 50 no. quid and you were thinking, eh. um, Then we we asked in the group about UTMB buses. What did people think? Whether it was, And I've not looked at the answers to this yet. Whether it was profiteering, whether, we, whether people thought it was workable. So we've had do quite a few answers. Do badders don't like profiteering. They don't like profiteering they one bit. I, I mean, the thing is, it's tricky. Like, I, I, I think I mentioned on there that the one thing that is guaranteed to ruin the enjoyment of any race is the term shuttle bus. Like, it's the thing that when yeah. we think, oh, let's go and do Marathon de Madoc, and then you go, um, there's a bus. To, and as soon as you say that, go, actually, yeah, let's do something else. Let's do something else. Oh, how about New York? Oh, yeah, you need to get a butt. No, let's do something else. Like, it just it's the thing that just turns what could be a great race and something that's fun into like oh the idea of just having to get on a fucking bus um although you won't care if your supporter yeah. doing it rather than you so and actually having i did use the buses when i went out to to crew misha and i was by myself and um it was fine for for that type of support um you know misha misha's a decent runner but he's is not pushing the top end and um there's a little bit of hanging around but actually it seemed to be fairly so, efficient so actually what you can do is you can gauge how confident your crew are in your ability to do well as to how relaxed they are about the shuttle bus situation so if they're just like oh yeah, yeah we got loads of time guy yeah you're yeah. fine you're like oh right okay Right, so you think I'm going to be pretty fucking slow. If they're going, oh, God, this isn't going to happen, this is going to be a while, you're like, okay, good, good, I like that. I like the confidence that you have in me that we're gonna, I'm going to be beating the shuttle bus. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, it, it does seem like like Julius, Bertie, most people are saying that they feel it's a little expensive. But actually, I guess it comes down to just how many buses there are because the more efficient, well, the, the more, the better it is at ensuring that you get there on time and they're regular, then the less environmentally friendly that is. Because if they're suddenly got buses half empty, is that actually, that's that's not more efficient than having cars. Um, so yeah, that was Richard Talbot pointed out. Thank you for that. And isn't, um, isn't someone, I can't remember who pointed out, but didn't someone say that there is a cost for going through the tunnel and it's it's ridiculous. It's like saying like two hundred euros or something to go for. The yeah, Dave Stewart bus. said. Yeah, yeah, that it, it does cost a lot to go through. So actually, maybe the forty-five euros is not quite as expensive as it suggests. Um, but I think as an organizer, you would always put on a, a bit of a contingency profit, wouldn't you? No matter what. Um, it's just the fact that if you, it's that frustration of if you force everyone to do it you've then got a monopoly. Yeah. And so that's when I think it's less acceptable to make money from it. 
Whereas if you're putting it on as an alternative, then you're pricing against other options. And I think that's that's when, sure, if you want to make money out of it, do, because you give people the choice. But to force someone to do something, actually, that should then be included in the ticket price because it's just all these hidden costs that add up that I think is the the real frustration with entering races when you 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 know it's expensive already and they're like oh god and this and this and this and this yeah because you could um, limit you could limit the amount of people you take with you it could you know and, and and that's the thing like we said before if you're quick then you might need two groups of people which means doubling the number of you know doubling the number of people who are on the buses and um i don't know what are the, what are the local buses like you know are, are those still like an option to use if you're forced onto buses um, no, you re- you really wouldn't be able to because you're going from such specific places to such mm. specific places that, um, and actually, you get you're going from country to country a lot of the time. Yeah. So, it is quite a a long way. Um, and nice little story. I thought we'd end with um. So, Keith Keith Simpson, wonderful man, who um came to the Beerathon, and we can talk about that next time. He um. He's he's done the Thames Bath 100. He fell in the river. Oh, amazing! How? When? Yeah, he he said he was around Reading, and oh. I can't remember the route well enough. But you're still you're a good chunk in, and still a fair bit left from what I, I can recall. Uh, but he was his headlight was playing up, so he his lamp was playing up. So he just kind of went up to look at his lamp. And the path clearly wasn't a straight line, and he just fell in. Oh my god! I think Reading. Yeah. Let's say Reading is after the halfway checkpoint as well. I think, if I recall, so it's not as if like you then running to 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 you know you haven't got far to go until you can actually get a change of clothes or something like that. So what did he do? Yeah. Well, well he said when he first came up, there was a wall that he couldn't. He couldn't like climb over, but he's a, he's a pretty confident swimmer, he's, and so he said he wasn't panicked by it and just floated. And then eventually he kind of came round to a point where someone pulled him out and he could reach out. But the the trouble was you, you do have warm gear, but in an ultra that long, you're not running at a speed warm enough for your body to kind of generate yeah. heat that. If say you were doing a five k, ten k, maybe even a marathon, and you carried on running, you're going to warm up and, and actually going to dry your clothes out. But at that that pace, you you you're kind of game over. So they they had to pull him out because he didn't have warm clothes to change into, and it would be just too much of a risk. So yeah, I I'd never heard of someone falling in the the Thames. I know you'd think it would path, happen. But... You'd think it would happen loads yeah. actually. And and especially around there because yeah, it's getting it's uh I think the majority of people going through Reading it'll be dark when they're going through Reading. Um yeah. and I think you do I think there was a se- I, there, I, I definitely remember a section whether I'd misremember this or not, but you're going along and then you turn like a sudden left off the Thames path and that it, it that could kind of be where I would think that would happen. Um yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you'd expect you'd you totally expect more people to to be falling in the river um on a on a on a 100 mile considering how long they've done it. So that is, that is quite unusual. And maybe there are more we do, do, so do that. <laughs> maybe there are more and they just float down and no one picks them out. And it's just 
just very silently. Well, that's a DNF. Let's hope no one no one talks about that. Could could be a sneaky shortcut. You just put a kayak in, float there down. And then, and... Yeah, I mean that's a bit. Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, yeah. And one last thing that I thought was quite fun. We obviously are massive in Russia. You know how much we uh, support Russians and uh, you know they're absolutely. We're big in Russia as well in Saudi, aren't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, we, I've got a Google Alert set up for Captain <laughs> Bullet, for Bad Boy Running, for various other things. Now it turns out one of our biker hats is on sale in a a, a Russian eBay equivalent for eight US dollars. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who's selling it. I don't know if they're if they're selling it from Russia. If it's someone who's just found one and put it on, but um, it's still on sale. It's not being bought yet, and it's it's on sale for less than you can buy it in our website. <laughs> wow. Well, we all know that there's a certain amount of depreciation in any uh, any doing it. As soon as you as soon as soon as you purchase it, it loses value. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And it's no, yeah. there is there is zero resale value. In fact, you'll struggle to give it to a charity shop. Um, so I just love the idea that someone randomly somewhere is just going to see this hat and think, "Cool." And and you know how there is an element of cachet of wearing different languaged items yep. on a top. Yeah, you, you don't know what it means. You don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You've just got the style of. So at some point, someone, we have to assume, will buy this cap with no understanding of what FYB means. They'll probably Google what Bad Boy Running podcast is. And so there will be a Russian do-badder, future do-badder, who won't understand quite what they've tainted themselves with. We're going to switch over to the news and we're going to be looking at some some Russian firing artillery into a into a Ukrainian school or something with an <laughs> FYB cap on, and we're going to be like, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck!" Like, yeah, that's yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock on the door by the FBI. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, what are you, who are you? Who are you supplying? Uh, uh, you know, merchandise to? Like, shit. <laughs> well. Um, that's been a lovely episode there. Do batters. If you've uh, got any suggestions for guests in the future, then do message me, David at badboyrunning.com. We're fairly booked out already, actually, for the next few weeks. But we're going to ask in the group. What, have we got a question to ask in the group this week? Um, I don't. I, the questions that we've asked have been quite quite um, uh, specific. I don't think that, that we've talked about anything that that, that is... Um, well, we've got one from before, which um, which I didn't ask in the end, just because we already had a question in there, which is, um, what what's the most dangerous race you've ever done? So we're going to ask that in the group just to see. I think that will get some good stories actually out of it, I'd imagine. Brighton Marathon, um, where they ran out of water that one time. Edinburgh Marathon, where... Edinburgh yeah. Marathon, just because just cause it's Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, anything thrown to the mix there? No, no. Um, just, actually, it'd be a good point this because this is coming out just at the right time to thank um, Saw, our sponsor. Um, so if you've uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that um, we have uh, we've had a sponsor um, throughout August um, with Saw Running. Um, so yeah, so thank thank you for that. 
Yeah, and actually, we're going to talk about that in the in we're going to do that today. We've got well, we'll talk about the fact we're starting to get sponsors now and what that means and why and but our intention is with the adverts to we're kind of given some content that we they suggest we read out as the advert and our plan is to each week because they run for a month just to change it slightly and make it more and more do better um <laughs> but i was i was hoping to it was sort of, i was genuinely hoping to talk about my sweaty balls um i haven't done that yet so maybe that's maybe that's a future one but um if you've enjoyed this episode and you've not listened to the a to z of uh, bad boy running that talks about loads of the uh, kind of highlights of the most stupid stories we've we've had so go and listen to the a to z of do of, of bad boy running <laughs> and, and, and it's about and it's about four years out of date as well i mean that's the that's the that's yeah. the best thing about the a to z is i i was talking to um i was on uh, i was on another podcast talking about bad boy running oh yeah and talking about oh um, yeah the um the fact that yeah the person that listened to it uh, say joined it at some point. I had no idea what was going on, and thought, "Oh, I need yeah. to go back to the start." And I said, "You can go back to the start. It's not really going to help." But you know, I think the general thing to, with BBR is if you kind of like the tone, even though you don't know what's going on, then I think you're all yeah. right. I think I think that's I think you know just stick with it. That don't ever worry about not knowing what's going on because we barely do. Yeah, and absolutely. we're fucking recording yeah. the thing. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Have we got some merch ready to go, would you say? Uh, yeah, we've got, if you go to store.badboyrunning.com, we've got um, uh, plenty of merch in there. Um, we're a bit, I think we're light on extra small and extra large sizes. So if you're average, there's loads in the merch store for you. Absolutely, bang average. If you're bang average, there's uh, there's plenty for you to, to to get to grips with. If you want to join the conversation, head over to Facebook, um, type in uh, three questions um not applicable is not a correct answer to any of those questions by the way i've had a few people who are just not applicable no you're not we're not gonna let you in if you put not applicable um as to what your favorite fucking um reggae artist is just come up with something and and if you're a member of the club your merch should be with you by now unless you haven't put your sizes in at which point size gate tell. size gate yes size gate <laughs> but hopefully that is with you and uh, enjoy, enjoy. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next time. See you later. Bye 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 bye